Thank you to uh, the baseball writers, all but one of you, who voted for me. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer. Yeah, you, first question. Go ahead. Was that a team decision? Yeah, I'm not going to be answering any questions about Rain and Spencer Davidson. We'll be dealing internally. Over here. Uh, do you think we'll be seeing more of Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson? Teaming up. I thought it played pretty well. Uh, we'll have to look at the tape on that and uh, make a decision moving forward. Yeah. You guys used to be. Why shall I snow? What happened with that? All right, I'm done here. Exit 31. One, two to four on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Greetings and salutations, sports fans. Exit 31 is on and live from the Dunn Tire Studio. Yeah, that's right. Broadcasting from the Dunn Tire Studio. All guests appear in the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. Codence is going to join us from the Brother Station from the show with Joshua in the mornings. Talk to him about 2.15. His Braves won. All right. He's a Cowboys fan. Oh, okay. We'll talk to him about Dak. Alex Sims will be on today. Did I just see a tweet from Mike McAllister who joins us at 3 o'clock? He says, oh, man, you put me on after Alex Sims. Way to set me up to fail. Yeah, it's a tough act to follow. So, yeah, Mike, you're going to have to deal with that if you're listening uh, prior to your segment. Top of hour number two, 3 o'clock for Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI. Eric Columbia joins us from News Channel 9 at about 3.15. His slot is usually then on Thursdays. And then Matthew Gutierrez back up in it from The Athletic. He's covering... He's gone from covering primarily SU basketball, SU football, a little bit of golf, to he's more focused on the NFL and his writing work with The Athletic. So he's going to talk to us about the Bills, a little bit more about Dak and the rug situation, the rugs situation, not the rug on your floor, unfortunately, what's happening with the Giants opponent this weekend, the Vegas Raiders. The coach, rugs, wow. There is something going on. Man, it's Davis. It's got to be Mark Davis. I'm telling you. No, it's not his fault Henry Ruggs did what he did, but there is a curse in the Raiders organization, I swear. And it might just be him. He's not his dad, I'll tell you that. Surely not. Uh, Rodgers, of course, in that situation. Something we'll talk about in the NFL with Matthew Gutierrez. We're going to touch on SU basketball and football today, quite obviously. I'm Rain Man. Nostra Davidson is here. What are your opening remarks, sir? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it It just seems like with the in regards to the Raiders, there just always seems to be character issues with people within that organization. They hire people, they're players. There just always seems to be something negative surrounding that organization. And, you know, you can't say enough um, about just how tragic the situation is with, with Henry Ruggs. And, you know, it just boggles my mind to, to get behind the wheel uh, after you've, you've had clearly plenty of drinks because you were twice the legal limit. And then you're driving 156 miles per hour. You slow down to 127 before you hit somebody. Car bursts into flames. 23-year-old woman and her dog are now dead. And it's just, to me, so senseless, especially because of the fact that the NFL has, you know, ride-sharing. They, 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 they put aside expenses and always have ride-sharing services available for their players. They have drivers available for their players for this specific reason. And now you have a kid who's 22 who had such a promising future, who had everything. The world was at his fingertips. And now he's taken someone's life and he's going to be behind bars for years. It's just it's just horrible all the way around. Yeah, it's a terrible conversation that we have to have right now in, in the world of sports. We will get to that, that's for sure. Exit 31 is on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. So a couple people popping in the chat already. We'll join you in there momentarily. Hello to Kevin, hello to Michael, etc. Katie was moderating. I think she's bouncing for the day. Uh, we got to get a poll up there in a few minutes. But do you want to 
You want to kerfuffle and maybe spike a little sound check in here to get things started. Let's just put the pedal to the metal and get it done. Yeah, man. I mean, we it's a twofer. Kerfuffle and sound check. So I said to Spencer, I'm like, Spencer, have you, right before we get on the air, have you seen Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad's video? It's like 10, 11 minutes long. And it, it's just this compilation of times that Odell has been open and Baker either, either didn't see him when he was checking down, mm-hmm. decided not to throw to him, or he basically throws him out of bounds or he throws him into coverage or he screws up the throw. He just makes a bad throw. Odell can still play. He's open all the time. And now he's been told, basically, you're not practicing the past couple days. He's probably not playing there again. They should have traded him before the deadline on Tuesday at 4 o'clock. They didn't do that. And now they're going to have to cut him. They're going to have to wave him. Blue guy, what were your exact words to me? Are they going to waive him? Probably, yeah. Is that what you said to me? And then he'll sign up with uh, either the Bucks or the Giants or the Rams. Well, I'm, I'm of course, like, no, send him back to the Giants. They're 2-6. and six. They need to have a reason to be interested in the team. Hey, let's see what OBJ can do, do with oh, that horrible nickname, Danny Dimes. I can't stand that nickname for my quarterback, basically because he didn't throw him that often. I was going to say, when does he throw Dimes? But, I mean, he could go back there. The smart moves, yeah, go down to Tampa and get yourself a ring with with the Bucks and, and Tom Brady, why wouldn't you want to do that? But he's got to go elsewhere. And I don't know if it's the off-the-field issues, but clearly there is just nothing there between Baker and OBJ, and it's done in Cleveland. Yeah, well, luckily uh, I found uh, on social media today a bunch of photoshops of what Odell Beckham Jr. would look like in a Giants uniform, so I thought that was pretty interesting. To, <laughs> I have to, an idea. Yeah, he he, he, uh, he looks good in blue. So, But, yeah, I mean, this is an irreparable uh, and you like that word? Irreparable? You've been doing that more that? often. I, I said it right, right? Irreparable, yeah. Irreparable. You, I said irre- The second time I said irreparable. You just bungled it yeah, the I second time. Yeah, I bungled it the second time because I was trying to brag about That's karma. I was trying to brag about it. You mush mouth like me sometimes. Yeah, I do. You know, but, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, it's just, it's irreparable. Uh, you, you, you can't come out like this. And, and Baker Mayfield this morning said that he wasn't, hurt by the video, but he was surprised. He said, you know, OBJ Sr. is a guy that I've talked to face-to-face, man-to-man, and I'm surprised that he would do something like that. You, but you know that bothers Baker Mayfield. You see it. You can see in his response he's bothered by it, and I would be too. Now, granted, there's the, kind of that, there's kind of that, you know, both sides of the coin kind of thing because it was kind of a crappy thing to do. Spencer, I can't get past your comment about Odell Beckham Jr.'s father and even listen to anything that you just said when you told me that you think he looks like Uncle Phil. He does. He looks like a he looks like a like a, a slimmer version of Uncle Phil from from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, James Avery, the the legend. I just I want to see him throw uh, Jazzy Jeff out of the front door of the mansion in Bel Air. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. The Cleveland Browns are about to do that with his son. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to toss him out the door. Yep. He's got to go because he has the reputation of being. A, a clubhouse distraction, if you will, maybe a locker room cancer. But yet you'll hear reports that teammates actually love him. But for some reason, he rubs people the wrong way. Is New York City, and I'm not saying that he's going to go back to the Giants. I, I suppose I wouldn't mind at this point. But is that kind of the city and the market that fits his personality? So then does that maybe throw the Rams in L.A.? Does he need to be in a big market based on just how he's just... He's outlandish. He's outspoken. You know, he he likes attention. 
Yeah. He's one of those players. He thrives on emotion. A little bit of a hothead. He, yeah, he needs to be in that type of environment. And Cleveland just is not that. Yeah. They're not. They're not. And, it, and it's, you know, by all accounts, um, who, who was it? Uh, it was uh, Joakim Noah. Yeah. Right. Years ago, who said, who wants to who wants to go to Cleveland on vacation? Who wants to play in Cleveland? Nobody. So here's a here's a thought, though. I think the city that best fits Odell Beckham's personality, Las Vegas, oh. who now needs a wide receiver after having to release it's true. their wide receiver because of, you know, a, a terrible situation, which we spoke about a little earlier. Well, Derek Carr said, I mean, he unloaded in, in you know, just said, in a human level, this is tragic, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And he went on and on and on and on and on. And ultimately, the reality is, though, whether we like it or not, we have to compartmentalize the situation between what happened with Ruggs, the coach, uh, the situation with Gruden, and they still have to play a game against the Giants this weekend. So they have to do their jobs in light of all this. And it is it is not easy at all. Think about you having to do that. That's what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing this Sunday? You have to play a football game with all of this, the, the, the tragedy, the horrible situation with your coach. Mm-hmm. What a what a crazy, crazy situation to be. I mean, does Odell want to go to that? Maybe he thrives in that environment. Well, I was going to say, for once, the dysfunction wouldn't be centered on him. Nobody pay attention to him. Yeah. He, he doesn't matter at that. Oh, it's just Odell Beckham going to a team that has uh, bigger issues to deal with right now. You might be onto something, Spencer. It just it just seems like a, a good fit, you know. Now, granted, this this team could go two very different ways. You can use that as a, a rallying cry, band together. You can fold. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on, so I wouldn't be surprised. And 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 you know, not you know, excuses aside, but it it would make sense if if the, the Raiders really struggle here for for a long time. But Odell Beckham Jr. would certainly add to their lineup, and I just think that he'd be a fit there in Las Vegas. There are so many other distractions in that city. Odell Beckham Jr. would not be headlines every every week. Let's talk about another distraction here as we give you a little bit of a kerfuffle with some sound check mixed in, mixed in on Exit 31 on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. I shared some sound from Rob Domofsky, Packers ESPN NFL Nation reporter, as far as the vaccination status of their quarterback. Um, he's not. And he lied about it, apparently. And I don't know if he's going to get away with this. I'm thinking if he did, a suspension is in place, right? He didn't have to get vaccinated, I suppose. But he lied about, he said he was immunized and he's playing with language and it's dangerous. And now he is COVID positive because he's not vaccinated. That's 10 days minimum, as opposed to two consecutive tests, 24 hours apart, being vaccinated then that gets you back on the field with your teammates faster. And that's the situation they're in. So this is what he said about it. Well, I remember walking out of the press conference that day. I think it was August 26th. And I literally opened the uh, dictionary app on my phone and looked up the word immunized because I thought it was a really odd choice of words. Well, the, the dictionary basically says that immunized means someone who has been vaccinated. So, okay, I guess I thought, well, it's a weird choice of words, but it must be right. And he, he's a smart guy. He, he's not going to just pull words out of the out of the air. Um, but it certainly now seems more curious and just out, maybe even misleading. Now that we know that that he is unvaccinated in the traditional sense of that he did not get one of the three approved COVID-19 vaccines. I heard the word disingenuous used uh, on Twitter to describe a. Aaron Rodgers. 
and he's a little bit he's a little bit about himself sometimes and it just now he has put them think about all the drama in the offseason. You come out, you get smoked in week one, and then you go on this run, and now this. What is what is going on? Is he he's just not thinking? I, I don't understand. You you played yourself back into a situation where you're one of the favorites in the NFC. Yar. And now this. And what happens? What happens if love stinks? You know, add that to this conversation. And here comes the dysfunction back in Green Bay. It's it's just again, it's another example of someone being selfish. It's it's another example of somebody. I mean, first of all, to to sit there and and the wordplay to say that you're immunized, um, you know damn well that you did not get the vaccine, that you did not get a vaccine. You had an alternate procedure that was not recognized by the NFL as being vaccinated. He petitioned the NFL to consider him vaccinated. They declined. They declined because it was not part of their approved protocols. So you were not vaccinated. And to stand up there and tell people, yeah, he was okay. He was asked point blank, are you vaccinated? And he said, yeah, I'm immunized. So it's not like the wordplay aside. He said, yeah. So he lied about his vaccination status. And now he's putting his team in a, in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot. He didn't play with the truth. You want to play with the language? He lied. He said, yeah. They point blank asked, are you vaccinated? And he said, yeah. And then added, I'm immunized. He added a, ca- a caveat to that. Yes, correct. But he lied, directly lied. Lied. He did. So we got a kerfuffle about a couple other things, but I think the uh, clock manager is trying to tell us we have to take our first break. Blue, Blue guy, we're going to be good today. Are you? Yeah, normally he gives us a signal. I, I don't believe you. And it's three or four more minutes. Huh. Before we actually take the break, we'll str- we'll try to stay on time. We got to talk about this ESPN report about the Suns and Robert Sarver, uh, who is the, the president of the team. Racism, misogyny, toxicity, another toxic old boys club in sports. Oh, here we go again. So we'll see what happens with that. The Eichel situation with the Sabres has been solved. He's been traded to Vegas. However, that means Alex Tuck a lot closer to home. So that's something we've got to get to in a few minutes. But up next on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com, Codence Mack, Cody Mack, is going to join us from the Brother Station to celebrate his Atlanta Braves. And I will too because they beat the Strohs and also the Red Sox didn't win. So that's good. All next. Hang tight. You're stopping off at Exit 31. Oh, my God, you're amazing. I've been so thrilled with how you're doing. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We got to welcome in Codens. I like to call him Codens Mac with Joshua on the show on the Brother Station, where I still am on the weekends, uh, full disclosure. Oh, Cody, we go back a long time, my man. But you had to jump in with those degenerate gamblers on Double Down. Tell us about the shenanigans. You made money off that? Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime a, a gamble, and, and I just hear the word gamble, and I just say, yeah, sure, no matter what it is. So they asked, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give a couple thoughts. And uh, uh, I, I made a couple bucks on the Braves. I made a, I might have made a couple bucks on the Braves. I, I don't bet against them, so that, that worked in my favor. Yeah, and I don't bet on the Cowboys, so I try to try not to bet on my own teams. But if someone's in a championship, you want to you roll with it. We can't change your name to Pete Rose, Cody. We don't want to do that where you're betting on your own team. That is that is, <laughs> right? that is a, a black check mark against Pete Rose. Otherwise, he should be in the Hall of Fame, and I'll stand by that for his playing, for his playing career. Cody, your Braves yeah. won. 
How good are you feeling about that? Let me play you a piece of audio. I know yeah, it's going to yeah. bring back that vibe. I want to bring it from right after the game ended and the Braves were world champions. But listen. Oh, my gosh. It's been 26 years. The fans here are unbelievable. But I want to thank two angels that are up there tonight. Made sure this happened. Hank Aaron and Phil Necro. Thank you, boys, for having us win this thing tonight. World champs. Cody, let me give you the chills. The Atlanta oh. Braves are World oh. Series champions. Celebrate your oh, team. You, oh, you said the code word. Hold on. Let me. Uh, there we go. Anytime you say the code word, I got to crack a celebratory brewski. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I, honestly, I don't think it's kicked in yet because I keep waiting for like, all right, well, I can, I can celebrate. If they, and then I go, if nothing, you don't have to wait anymore, man. So they won 44 games before the All-Star break, Cody. They won 44 games after, and they won the World Series in the 44th week of 2021. So that that means, by default, the Braves are responsible for Syracuse giving Sean Tucker 44 now, right? I would, you know what? I would have to say, because, you know, around, you know, the, the Syracuse Utica area, it's always nice to have a, a local tie-in, and if that's the local tie-in that wraps it all together, I'm in. I love it. Yeah, I'm 44. But, 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 Rain, I mean, this is the Braves that we're talking about, and your mind goes to Sean Tucker and Syracuse and not Hank Aaron? Isn't that the most important I'm, thing we could possibly <laughs> talk about in local media is I mean, whether or not <laughs> number 34 should get 44? That's the most important thing. It's not winning the games. It's bringing that number down and giving to him. You know, Garrett Schrader said to us yesterday, I think Sean Tucker's making 34 famous for Syracuse. That's what, I was, that's what I've been saying. Yes. Go ahead, yes. Cody. No, no, that's. I agree. I agree with that where maybe he wants to make a, a butt ton of money with his own number, make his own number famous. I, I, I will admit I'm not the biggest Syracuse guy, but I can't think of another number 34. So I wouldn't. Want to, you know, I, I don't see the problem with wanting to monopolize. Be like, yeah, I want 34. Slap Tucker on the back of that. Tucker for Heisman. Make some money. So, Cody, you, you're also a Cowboys fan for some reason that I just, I just cannot wrap my head around. Me I mean, your team, your choice in teams are, are very strange, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I agree. But you're, you're a Cowboys fan, and obviously Dak Prescott standing on the sidelines. Cooper Rush, though, leading your team to a win. Now, granted, mm-hmm. Cooper Rush, you know, QB one for the Cowboys at the moment. He's no Mike White. Okay, he's no Mike White from my my New York Jets. But just how excited were you to see him kind of lead Dallas to a victory? I mean, I didn't see him throw for, what was it, 400 yards or whatever the heck? 405, I believe. 405, Uh, I believe. I'm just saying. But, no, I I liked that move because that whole week leading up to it, I was on the side of you've got to put Cooper Rush in there. If Dak is feeling a little bit froggy at all that he's hurt, Five and two is really not that big of a difference. Six and one, if it's not a division game. And I mean, yeah, you want the win, but do you want the win and then Dak to be out for the next month and then they lose, you know, real important games? But they pulled it off. Talking to Cody Mack Codens with the show on our brother station, K Rock, here on ESPN Radio. It's actually 31. We're at QSportsTalk.com. So are you comfortable with Mike McCarthy? as your coach. I, I got to be honest because they're, they're, listen, you know, all the criticisms yeah. that are out there uh, and there's, oh, yeah. there's quite a few of them. And right now 
listen, the team looks good. You're in charge in the division. And it's even better for you because my Giants are in, like, in the bottom of it and you can rub that right. in my face. But the, the point is, there has been some times that Mike yeah. McCarthy does some things and makes some decisions that is eerily reminiscent of conversations we have about Dino Babers in Syracuse, but I digress. Right. But you understand what I'm saying there. You don't want oh, this yeah. season to come down to basically Mike McCarthy making a bad decision as the head coach of this team, but it's possible it could. Nope, I agree. It's it, it's all everybody kind of lets it you know slide to the back burner when you're winning games, and it's like, yeah, what are you gonna do? At the beginning of the year, he had some calls that were already having people lose their minds. I I mean, you you now see because you've got Rain Man, you've got my old boy Garrett hanging out with the Giants. You see what happens when coaches' decisions cost plays and games and stuff and man I, I don't want it to happen but i can just see you know a, a random week 14 you win this you clinch the number one seed but he forgets to take a timeout because he's looking at the you know the hot dog guy in the second row or something yeah you can take you can take jason garrett back nope. for all i can i nope. swear the cowboys it's a plan nope. they're paying him to take this job to screw up the giants even further it's, right? Co- it's well, Cody, Cody Mack here with us on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Were you going to finish the thought on Mike McCarthy? Go ahead, well, I'll let you. Uh, no, I was going to say, we tried to warn you with Jason Garrett. We said, our, I mean, I feel like we sent you guys SOS messages to smoke signal something. Like, <laughs> I don't know, guys. But you're like, nah, we, Jason Garrett, we, he can do with the, for us what he didn't do with the Cowboys. No. But he's just, he's overwhelmed. He's going to go be a great college coach somewhere. <laughs> I think that might be his destiny and his fate for sure. Cody, you yeah. got a nice beard. So does Garrett Schrader. You hold season tickets to Syracuse football, so you're yeah, n- got to be nice to be back in that loud house. We asked him if he was interested in, in an, a name, image, likeness sponsorship as far as beard product, you know, a little beard, wax, beard, butter, something oh, along those lines. I, mean, yeah. I, I know you take care of yours. What can we recommend to him when we talk to him again next Wednesday right here on Exit 31? See, I, I can see that he's kind of gr- going for the, like, wild man he's kind of growing it but if i the advice i give to everybody with a beard is that uh it's not impressive to not do something so you're just not shaving it so it doesn't make it like oh look at my beard you gotta trim it a little make it so like when you take a drink of water your mustache isn't pouring water all over yourself (laughs) if anything the ladies like it when it's a little trimmed up more although i'm sure garrett has no problem in that area no, he's big man on campus. QB1 right. at Syracuse. For real. For that'll, real. That'll make you a popular man. Uh, no, I got to say, and, and for me, when I when I sh- uh, don't shave for a few days and, you know, the, the hairs are starting to get below my top lip and it just gets itchy, Ugh. so you, you got to keep it clean. You got to yep. keep it clean. Um, That's the worst. Yeah, all right. Well, you spoke about a couple of coaches and Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy before, but we're going to shift to Syracuse basketball and Coach Jim Beheim not returning to wearing a suit how disappointed are you that we're not going to have a, a jacket toss anymore? Uh, I mean, can he rip the, the quarter zip off and, and toss that? Will that do it for you? Right. I was going to say it's almost like uh, he's going to be trying to, if he does, it'll, if he'll throw it and it'll just kind of like flutter to the ground because it'll be <laughs> a, uh, you know I mean? Like a, a windbreaker type deal. Uh, I, I saw that and I got a feeling somewhere along the line, Julie's going to step in. Because you know that she's probably got a lot of say in a lot of that type stuff. <laughs> sure. She's going to go, Jim, you're wearing a windbreaker again. 
And she's going to lay out a nice, fancy suit for whenever that ACC opener is. You know, maybe he could just keep a jacket on the sidelines. We suggested that yesterday. Yeah, oh, that would be hilarious. you got to have a prop. A designated jacket to toss when, oh my God. when things get um, tense. We'll if leave he it turned to like turn to like GMAC or something, I'm like, give it, give it to me, give it to me. Jack and just heaves it out of the field uh, or the court. Oh, man, that'd be great. GMAC with the assist on the Bayheim jacket toss. Epic. Right? It, that'd be there, awesome. There's literally social media sites that uh, there's a tracker, the Bayheim jacket yeah. toss tracker, and right, I bought like, oh, that. He unbuttoned it. It's part of my season, and I look he's gonna, forward he's to gonna it. He's going to put someone out of a job. Cody Lett. Yeah. Cody, last thing I want to ask you, I want to flip back to football really fast. You and Joshua yeah. on the show, you talked to Coach Dino Babers. Give me a yeah. good Dino Babers story and wrap us up with that. Oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Let me think. Let me think. He's a – I feel like he's a lot more down to earth than you would expect from a lot more head coaches because uh, we try to keep it – you know, we don't want to, want to ask him a bunch of random football stuff. Why so, would you do that? <laughs> right. So we, we try to, uh, I remember a couple weeks ago, uh, we were asking him, cause you know, these are the pertinent questions. If he had a favorite and a least favorite Will Smith movie, because what else would you ask the Syracuse head coach, the Syracuse football? And, and he doesn't like a lot of the same movies you guys would. I bet he is not a wild, wild West fan, but he likes some of Will's, uh, more classic stuff. Hmm. One one that comes to mind? Um, I'm trying to think. He's a, he likes Independence Day. He's a fan of that. Okay. Um, let's see. What was the little more serious one that, that Will did? I forget the name of it. Where the, the good luck or something where he did a serious oh, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, oh, it, you know what? Let's not, that. We're not playing Jeopardy right now. We'll be done with that. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. But, yeah, that. Pursuit of um, happiness? Yes, yes. He likes that. So there and, you- uh, uh, Rain, uh, what he also... You can, uh, you know, you you get this. His kids don't think he's cool. Man. That, what a shocker. Oh, that just felt that in my soul. I, <laughs> I was going to so say, true. you might relate to that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the unfortunate. Anytime you're a radio daddy, you got to deal with that for sure. Cody, right? listen, man, appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, having a little bit of fun with us. And con- congratulations to your Braves. Uh, a pretty awesome story this year. 88 wins. You, you win the World Series. Three teams win over 100. It's not them. You got to love baseball in the Fall Classic. It's great. Cody, have a good day, man. We'll talk love to you it. soon. But Alex Sims, Thanks, news, Alex Sims News Channel 9 is with us next. It's Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. So fall sports playoffs are going on right now in the high school and college ranks locally. And Alex Sims being out at News Channel 9 is out and about covering all of those in the Syracuse area. So, Alex, I, I know how crazy this time of the year can be. Uh, how you hanging? Uh, are you hanging in there? How you doing uh, trying to juggle all the teams that are still in it from your area? Yeah, I was actually out at Fayetteville Manlius last night uh, covering some ESM boys soccer. Uh, so it, it's been a wild couple of weeks, but, you know, you got to be proud of all of our local Section 3 teams. Uh, in the area that are you know still alive in postseason play, you got to be excited about that. Absolutely, and you know I'm, I'm because of those teams, I'm gaining a lot of overtime uh, over the past couple of weeks. So I guess I have to owe them for a little bit of extra income. <laughs> Maybe I should too. Then good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's look at your Boston roots, and we're going to start with mm-hmm. the Patriots. Glue guy, okay. Glue guy set me up with a question to ask you about the Patriots, but I want to let him ask you so. 
What is the top of mind issue with the Patriots right now? They're back to four and four, by the way. Yeah, they are five hundred. Alex, uh, what is this team's identity moving forward? I just feel like at the beginning of the season, it was kind of iffy. Now I feel like they're letting Mac Jones throw deep some more. So what is the, this identity going forward? Well, yeah, I mean, they, of course they had a lot of red zone issues at the beginning of the season. Um, they are still kind of figuring out pieces and putting them together. Um, and obviously that can't just happen in a few games um, or a few plays, right, guys? I mean, you have a new guy under center in Mac Jones. You have a lot of new guys on the offense. It takes time. Right. And so I think we're slowly starting to see some improvement each and every week. And that's exactly what you want to see in a team like that. Right. And uh, I think they're they're trending in the right direction. And like I said, I mean, they have a lot of new moving parts this year. They have Mac Jones under center. That takes time to get, you know, chemistry within the new offensive guys on the team. And so I think, um, I think now, you know, you midway through the season, you're you're starting to see some improvement, and um, that's exactly what you want to see in some in a team like this. Alex, what do you make of the Aaron Rodgers lying about being vaccinated against COVID in that situation in Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, I think lying in general, you should never do. I think you know people respect you when you're honest. If he was just upfront and said, "Hey, look, I don't." feel comfortable getting vaccinated that's fine that's your choice that's your body um you know i'm not against anyone that who doesn't want to get the vaccine um i think again it's your body it's your choice but to say that you are immunized in august uh, you know when he really um got like an alternative treatment um is just kind of shady on his end and he wanted the nfl to kind of back him up on that and not only that but he's breaking the unvaccinated players rule. Like he's violating multiple COVID-19 protocols. And it's just, I think the guy is really checked out. I even said this from the, before the the season even started that Aaron Rodgers is just so beyond checked out. I don't think he really even wants to, he wanted to play this year. I'm, I'm shocked that he came back to green Bay, to be honest. Um, I think he's kind of just like doing what he wants clearly and just kind of, sliding along this season yeah he doesn't, and this he doesn't is seem just to care one of, the, one of the best yeah he doesn't care he doesn't care and um it really it shows he doesn't care about the health and safety of his teammates of his coaches himself um and to to be a leader to be the quarterback of a team and to go ahead and lie about it is just unacceptable i mean it just people w- would respect you more if you just said hey look i don't feel comfortable getting vaccinated right guys i mean yeah yeah i think i Again, I, I'm I'm all for someone saying to me, hey, look, I don't feel comfortable about it. I'm not going to get vaccinated. That's fine. That's your body. You do what you want, right? So, I mean, it just I think the whole lying thing just takes it to a completely different level. Talking to Alex Sims with WSYR here on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Let's flip this conversation to Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad who Spencer says looks like Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But he put this video out where he basically showed Odell is open all the time. Baker, for some reason, can't seem to get him the ball. And now he's not practicing with the Browns, and he may or may not have played his last game there. What's the best way to handle that situation? I know. I just thought it was also kind of suspect that um, that video came out in the midst of like all the trade rumors of him, you know, getting traded and things like that. It was just like a weird timing for that video to come out. Um, but you know, I, I, 
I get his frustration. I mean, the guy is a stud. He's been a stud in the NFL, in the league for a while now. And this year, he's not scored a single touchdown this season. He's, I think, recorded one catch for six yards, I think, on, I, I think on Sunday. That's right. He, and, 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 I mean, the guy's frustrated. I don't blame him for that. Um, and I think his dad is, too. But I don't understand, you know, Baker not, you know, trying to ch- trying to get him the ball more. I just don't, I don't understand that. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of, you know, I, I feel for, for OBJ. Um, I don't really know what the reason behind it all is, but, you know, I, I do understand his frustration. I mean, the guy, the guy is, is a weapon. He's been a weapon in the league for a long time. He should be getting the ball more. Well, I'll tell you what, a guy who is completing his passes in the NFL is, is a guy by the name of Mike White, uh, quarterback of the New York Jets, future Hall of Famer, New York Jets Ring of Honor inductee. Uh, you know, Rain actually on the uh, on the show map uh, mistyped and wrote him as Mike King. And I understand, I understand that mistake because Mike White just happens to be the new king of New York. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just how wild is this story? I mean, the guy is second in in uh, in passing yards to Cam Newton for first start as a quarterback. He's completed the most passes for a first career start. The guy had just a historical debut. What did you take away from that? Finally, us Jets fans have at least, you know, one game to celebrate. And also, too, wasn't he a fifth round pick? Yeah. And, re- and released like four different times. <laughs> released four different times. I mean, like, is this another, like, Tom Brady scenario? That's what I'm where, saying. Where, like, this find, like, a diamond in the rough here? I mean, I don't know. He he seems like a stud. I mean, to come out his first career start and come out and show off like that and be, you know, in the, in the limelight and to be able to be cool, calm, and collected and be able to, you know, do, do work out there, I think is really impressive. The question now is, what happens with Zach Wilson? Yeah. I mean, well, it's certainly interesting, and I think I think Zach Wilson is still the guy, but certainly having Mike White there uh, gives him a little bit of competition, pushes him maybe a little more. So, you know, I, I, it's a good situation as long as he can keep it up. He obviously plays tonight against the Colts, so we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, but I also, yeah, I, I was just gonna say also think too. I mean, if 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 Mike White continues to do what he does, he's not going to be with the Jets next year. You're probably right. I think I think. I think a team is going to easily pick him up. I mean, I think, I mean, you look at his stats from last week. I mean, come on. The guy's a stud. <laughs> and I, he, he, his first career, like NFL career start, I mean, that's impressive. And I think everyone can agree with me on that. Talking to Alex Sims here on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Let's bring the situation. By the way, you should see the smile on Spencer's face after glorifying his quarterback. When was the last time I could smile about the Jets? No, and, and you know what? That's why you had to do what you had to do. But let's let's talk basketball. Let's go to the NBA. Go back to your Boston roots and the Celtics, and there's some issues there. Marcus Smart made some comments basically about Jalen and Tatum not passing the ball, not sharing the ball. Uh, they made a move, getting a new coach in there. But this has all resulted ultimately in it seems to me there's a fracturing of the clubhouse, and you don't want this kind of stuff. You don't want a teammate labeling you as selfish or a ball hog or a ball stopper, not passing, and that led to this players-only meeting and a Woj bomb. I'm going to play this for you, Alex. I want you to react on the other side. 
When Boston traveled yesterday to Orlando, I'm told, they had a players-only meeting. And Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, they did talk about, uh, you know, the collapse against the Bulls and Marcus Smart's comments after the game about those two not passing the ball. I'm told it was emotional at times, uh, but in the end, perhaps not a terribly productive meeting, maybe not even beneficial. Listen, this, these are issues with this team and this group that have been going on for a while. They changed the president in Boston. They changed the head coach. These issues remain. And now at 2-5 and five and playing the Magic tonight, Ime Adoka, the first-year Boston head coach, this is a situation that he has to address and help this team work through the way that Brad Stevens and, and it haunted his regime, especially near the end last season. How does this play out for your Boston Celtics, Alex? Look, I mean, I think there's a lot of frustration amongst the players and coaches on this squad. I mean, look, they're three and five to start the season, which includes a pair of overtime losses, a 19 point lead, uh, blown lead against Chicago. Um, there's frustration there. And I, and I, and I get that with Marcus and, and Marcus has, has played with Jalen and, and, and Jason for a long time. They've been together for a long time. And, um, you know, the, every team, every, every coach, but Ted, I mean, that's just, that's just what a team does. I mean, like there is, you go through these growing pains, you go through this, these frustrations, this team is obviously still young. Um, they're still learning. They're still growing. They're going to have to continue to uh, make steps and find ways to not only create for themselves, but create for others on the team. And I think um, Marcus is just try is just frustrated with the fact that you know this team has been off to such a sluggish start, and I don't blame him for that. I mean, um, you know they they're averaging what twenty three points per game in the fourth quarter. I mean that's unacceptable. Like this team has a lot of weapons, and they're just not pulling through the way they should be. And I think you know it's it's starting to build up, and that's why Marcus went off like that. Man, I like I like when there's dysfunction on teams that are rivals of my Knicks. How about you? Sorry about that, Alex, but I just had to put that out there. That's all right if, if the Celtics have issues. I'm totally okay with that. You're totally okay with that? How about you, glue guy? Are you good with the Celtics having some internal locker room issues? It's time to take a break. It's time to take a break. All right, well, our <laughs> clock manager says uh, we're done with our segment. Let's do it again very soon, Alex. Thank you so much, and yeah. as always, for the time, okay? Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Up next, you're killing me, Smalls. We're going to bring back down from the kerfuffle uh, the Jack Eichel situation and the Suns situation. I know Spencer's chomping at the bit to get a little bit out. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Quick break. Right back. Let's get in the chat. What do you think? You're killing me, Smalls. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. Anybody else just, I don't know. I know it's not necessarily sports related, but David Chase, creator of The Sopranos, revealed that Tony Soprano was killed after that final scene that went to black with with the journey. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Oh. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's not a spoiler alert. It came out yesterday, but I've been it's been bugging me since. Well, there's nothing left to spoil. It went I to lo- black. I no, love know that show. The Sopranos, man, is one of the best TV shows ever. Ever. By the way, Ozarks. There's a, there's a tip from your Uncle Rain. Ozark. Bateman. Seen I've it? heard that's good. Fourth and final season extended coming out pretty soon on Netflix. Can't wait for that. Don't shake your head, glue guy. It's spectacular. No, but you called yourself Uncle Rain. Uncle Rain. That's cringy. Did I do that? Yeah, that's cringy. Okay. 
from the bald man. There's a, there's a movie tip from the bald man. And I'm not one to come in here and spew about TV shows. Uh, mostly I watch sports. Uh, but that that being said, you're killing me, Small. Sports Festivus, airing of the grievances. What makes you roll your eyes? Um, Eichel, the situation. Why did it take so long to resolve this with the Buffalo Sabres is really my question. And you are hockey guy. Spencer, uh, he's been traded to the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I mean, for me, I was excited to see it. you got Alex Tuck coming back here. Uh, they get a couple of draft picks, a first and a third in 2022 and 2023. Jack Eichel and a third round pick going out to the Vegas Golden Knights. But that's pending also. He has surgery with like a four-month recovery in front of him too. So what do you got? Yeah, I mean, that certainly, uh, I think, drove the price down a little bit. You know, him being injured, not being able to play right away. I just think that this took way too long to solve. This was way too drawn out. They could have solved this in the offseason. If that, if that is the deal that they accepted, they could have had an offer of equal value Months ago, I, I just look the the leverage. The Sabers had no leverage. It was a tough situation. They had no leverage. They know that Eichel wanted out. That he wasn't going to to return to the team. I still don't know why he's not in the Rangers along with Connor McDavid. But that's a whole other story. And I'm just being ridiculous. Now continue. They're just they're just they're just waiting to sweep them all up in a couple of years. But all the great players need to go to my teams. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's continue. true. No, it's um. It's just you know they 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 had to accept a deal. Does it frustrate you? He's not on the Rangers. It does. Am I killing you, Smalls, with this? You are. I'm sorry. Finish your sentence. You are, Uncle Rain. Um, <laughs> a lot of uncles on the show today. Uncle Phil, Uncle Rain. Uh, but I did, where was I? Uh, nephew. Now, now I lost my spot. Um, boy. <laughs> I really just brought it up so I could tell everybody that 5 o'clock, our radio brother Brent Axe will be talking to former Crunch broadcaster and current radio voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, the one and only Dan Duva, who's going to go and give you a lot more insight in this situation. Uh, also from the perspective of Alex Tuck coming back and playing much closer to home, which, of course, Syracuse now out in Buffalo. It's a good thing. Did you get yeah, your thought back? I did. I did. I, I just think that, you know, the, the, their hands were tied. They didn't get what they would have wanted from from Vegas. I think, you know, Alex Tuck is a great player. But it, it's just, it's not quite the, the same star power as giving away a Jack Eichel. Then the Sabres also throw in a second-round pick. Or I think it was a second-round pick, right, that they, that they threw in? They threw a, a third-round third, pick. They threw a third-round in 2023. That's right. Okay. Uh, and I, I just think that, that the Sabres got fleeced. They did. Like, they got fleeced on this. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not, this is not to, to uh, demean Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck is a great hockey player. Absolutely. Great hockey player. Now, I'm a little concerned because I think that he really thrived in Vegas in that system with the teammates he was playing with. We'll have to see what happens when he does come back from his injury and he cracks the Sabres lineup. But it's just that, you know, the Sabres just had no leverage here and they got fleeced. And it's tough. Losing a a player like Jack Eichel, one of the most electric players in the league, who was a top draft pick of your team. And... He's gone. You couldn't You couldn't keep him. You couldn't build the team around him for him to want to stay. Got a lot of Sabres fans in Central New York. I'd love to hear what everybody thinks. QSportsTalk.com. It's exit 31 and ESPN Radio. Let's take a quick break. Is that work for you, clock manager? That's fine, yeah. Mike McAllister, who did not want to have to follow up Alex Sims, is going to join us next. He's with Syracuse NSI. We'll talk a little SU basketball with him. Uh, we'll get the state of his Philadelphia Eagles and then go from there. And it's all next. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com.
We rejoin with the Empire State of Mind. So can we hear it for New York? If I said Knicks, Mike McAllister would say yes. If I said Yankees, he would say no. But at least we all rooted for the Astros to lose in the World Series. We welcome on Mike McAllister, Syracuse on SI here in hour number two of Exit 31. And I want to jump right into it with Syracuse basketball being the topic, Mike. What is the difference in JG3 this year? And I really want your over-analysis of this. Because so far, even in those two exhibition games against D2 teams, he just looks different this year. I really think it's getting away from COVID. I, I, he had it last year. We knew that. But then, you know, I think that it can take so much out of you, depending on how severe of a case that you get of it, that some people say it takes them several months to start really feeling like themselves again after having it. Even, you know, well after you've tested negative, there's there's lingering effects. And I think that that really hurt him and then, you know, he was trying to add muscle and perhaps got a little bit too thick and, um, you know, maybe not quite lean enough and, and that impacted him. But, you know, I, I think largely it was the COVID thing that zapped his energy, not having the crowd there to feed off of, I think hurt him as well. Cause he's, he's such an emotional player and, and really feeds off of that crowd, whether it's home or away. I really think that he enjoys playing in front of a crowd. And so I think those two things were the biggest factor another year in the system, another year of development and with the, the COVID stuff in the rearview mirror. And um, he's just looking more energetic and more like the player. I think we thought he would be last year. I think he's looking like he'll, he has the potential to become that this year. You did not say those two <laughs> words that a lot of other people say in relation to him, the Kadari Richmond factor that didn't play in as much as you think, or as much as people think, huh? No, I don't think that that had any impact on his um, on his performance because, you know, it, it, the confidence that Beheim had in him never wavered. So even though there were fans clamoring for more Kadari, everyone pretty much knew that as long as Joe Girard is healthy, he's going to play. He's going to play some minutes. Now, there were some games where he was playing poorly early and Beheim took him out of the game and played Kadari majority of the minutes, but – you know, they've still got Samir Torrance there. So if Joe Girard comes out and turns the ball over four straight possessions in the first two or three minutes, he's going to get yanked and they'll throw Torrance in there and Bayheim will have a discussion with him, try to put him back out there. And if he still performs poorly, then, you know, you'll see more of Torrance. Um, so I, I think the Kadari factor in terms of his performance is a little overblown. Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI joining us here on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Uh, just overall with this team, through the two exhibition games, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again, you can't put too much stock into it against two Division two teams, but at the same time, you know, a lot of good things from this team. Just what were some of the things that stood out to you uh, in terms of what this team has done well so far and, and what you think uh, they're, they're going to be doing well as they move into the regular season? Yeah, Joe's performance was one of them for sure because I think the – the more he can become one of those traditional type of point guards where he's really looking for his teammates and setting them up for shots because they've got so many shooters. I think that benefits the team as a whole, especially offensively. Um, I was really impressed with Cole Swider's ability to score in ways other than just as a standstill shooter. He's a little bit more advanced and, and versatile than I think I gave him credit for coming over from Villanova. That was very encouraging. Their length defensively with the ability to create deflections was extremely encouraging. I'd say the main thing that, that I left concerned with 
was rebounding, and that was pretty much it. You know, I, I think we've all looked at this team, and no one kind of expected them to be an elite defensive team, but they showed enough signs there, I think, in those first two games that you figure they can at least be an average defensive team, which should be enough given how much firepower they have offensively to be a pretty good team. But if they can't rebound the ball, it's not going to matter if they're good defensively because teams are going to get two, three, and four possessions. So they played two undersized teams, two teams that you should dominate on the boards. They beat them on the boards but didn't really dominate them. So I think that's a little concern specifically from the forwards. But, you know, I was also encouraged by what I saw from from Jesse Edwards, specifically his ability to catch the ball. I think his hands looked much better than they did last year. Uh, he, he looks very confident out there. His ability to protect the rim is going to be huge for the defense, but it's definitely rebounding that's the main area of concern. So Dave and Clay is in the chat at QSportsTalk.com, and he is asking who is playing small forward. And what I think he, he wants me to ask you is, Benny or Jimmy going to start? And does that really matter? I don't think it really matters because they're both going to play. But, you know, if, if you've got Jimmy out there as, as one of your starting forwards with Cole Slider, it's actually Cole playing the small forward position. Right. And then Jimmy's playing your power forward position, and Benny can come in and play either or. Mm-hmm. So he's going to sub for both Cole and Jimmy at different times. So he's going to get his minutes. I, I don't think he's going to start. I think Jim is going to lean on the guys with a little bit more experience, but he's going to come off the bench. He's going to provide some things that they don't otherwise have, that dynamic athleticism, the ability to make some highlight reel dunks in transition, um, the ability to make some plays off the bounce and get into the rim, uh, get into the lane, I should say, and finish at the rim. He's a better passer than I think we all gave him credit for coming out of high school, including myself. So, yeah, I I don't think he's going to start. I think your starting forwards are going to be Swider and, and Jimmy Beheim, but I don't think – I think Jim Beheim's starting lineup is, is one of the most overanalyzed and, and least important things that we do with, with Syracuse's team. Mike, uh, Andy Katz has Syracuse as a top-four team in the ACC and a Final Four sleeper pick. We know that Syracuse has, the, the last few years, gone from being a bubble team, potentially bubble out, to having deep runs into the tournament, but – what do you think of, of that potential prediction? Top four ACC, potential final four. I mean, what are you feeling? I'm not sure I'd predict that, but I don't think it's, it's egregious. Um, you know, Syracuse, I think they were, they were picked to finish somewhere in the six to eight range in most places in the ACC. Putting them up to four is a little bit higher than that. But, you know, the, the group after Duke, North Carolina, Florida State, is going to be pretty wide open. I think most would probably assume that Virginia will be right there in the mix for that four spot. But between Virginia, Louisville, NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse, is there really that large of of a gap between those schools? I don't think so. And so I think the run that Syracuse went on last year is is fresh in people's minds. And then the fact that they've got as much shooting as they do, we know that it's a shooting man's game now. Um, I think that's why you start to see that as far as the final four run goes, it it all depends on the matchups that they get in the NCAA tournament. And if they can avoid playing ACC teams, then for the most part, you're, you're going to like who they're going up against. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not um, an egregious prediction and certainly putting Syracuse on your list of dark horse final four teams, given their success in the tournament, even when they haven't had great regular seasons, is is a pretty solid pick most years. Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI is with us here at Sector 31 on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Mike, I, I have a proposition for you. 
Why don't you and I join Patty Casey as walk-ons for the team, and then we can get a Mario and Salvo's pizza for ourselves to house after every SU home game? What do you think? We should do that. I mean, I'm I'm on board with that, and you know, don't have any expectations. If I come in a game and I happen to, to put a shot in the basket, crowd will go crazy for me, and then I get a free pizza whether I play or not. Yeah. That sounds like a good gig to me. Best seats in the house and, and a whole pizza for yourself afterwards. I'm in on this. Are you disappointed he's not going back to suit and ties? So we might not get a jacket toss moment this year. <laughs> That's about the only part of it that I'm a little disappointed in is there's no <laughs> potential for a jacket toss. But largely, I, as long as he's got something on, I really don't care what he wears on the sideline, to be honest with you. Yeah, same. Mike, uh, big Eagles fan. Just uh, how you feeling about the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles? I think that it is time that we put a change.org petition up to have Roger Goodell mandate that the Eagles play the Lions every week of the NFL <laughs> regular season. Uh, that would certainly help the record. But listen, uh, the Lions have for the most part played everybody pretty tough. So the fact that you know we went into – um, their place and they're desperate for a win. They're trying really, really hard to get the first win for their new head coach and we're able to dominate them. Uh, I think it's, it's obviously better than the alternative, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to think that that means all of a sudden they've turned a corner and they're going to be a really good team the rest of the year. Uh, the schedule, the first you know half of the season was pretty unforgiving. It's, it's much better the last half of the season. So I think they've got potential if they can figure a few things out to make a run at a wild card spot, but largely, you know, it's you're kind of between a rock and a hard place of, do you want to make a run to try to sneak into the playoffs or are you better off, you know, with the better draft pick, especially when you've got two other potential first round draft picks coming your way to try to see if you can find that quarterback of the future. If in fact you think that Jalen hurts is not that guy. Mike, let's close things out. We've got a couple of minutes remaining. Uh, let's stay with football, but let's bring it back to the Hill, specific to, specifically to the Loud House. Your butt was in a seat against Boston when they played Boston College. That third quarter is really what sealed the deal from them. Obviously, the Tucker touchdown, then we got one from Courtney and special teams, and then Garrett, you know, he put one in there. And ultimately, in that second half, they put him away, and then the defense held out. So as we head into this bye week, or through this bye week, uh, looking ahead to Louisville, what do you take with you from that Boston College game? I think it's that, A, as much as the coaching staff has been ridiculed for either lack of adjustments or poor decisions, I think the fact that they struggled as much as they did in the entire first half and then came out in the third quarter and basically dominated the game and put it away because of how much Boston College's offense was struggling, in large part due to Syracuse's defense, Mm -hmm. um, I think that tells you that they they deserve some credit for for some of those adjustments they made. I think they're largely subtle. There was a little change in the play calling and let's get back to this zone read running running style instead of trying to force the pass just because that's what Boston College was giving you. And when they got back to that, the offense started to move the ball much more consistently. So, you know, I think I think it was a good win. Um, I think it was an important win. If they had a chance to make a bowl game, it still would have been mathematically possible, but obviously much better if, if you got three cracks at winning one game than having to win two out of three. And the fact that the bye week is coming now is is perfect because they've got a lot of guys that are banged up. That extra week to rest is, is going to be critical. And then you've got a, a Louisville team that's been pretty inconsistent this year. They've got their own injury issues, and they're going to be playing Clemson this week. 
We know how physical Clemson is. So are they going to be, you know, even more banged up by the time you get to them? So I think it's setting up pretty well for Syracuse. I think if you're a Syracuse fan, you, you feel pretty good about where your team is at this point in the season. Well, the final question I have for you as we look forward to these three remaining games, obviously it's Louisville, NC State, and Pitt. Uh, as far as NC State and Pitt are concerned, Mike, you know this, they're a couple of the better run defenses in the ACC. However, there we have Sean Tucker and we have Garrett Schrader and his ability to run that RPO and gain a lot of yards on the ground himself. Those two are doing damage. Is there potential that the Qs could break through against those two teams? If I hadn't seen them run for 160-some-odd yards against Clemson, even though they didn't put up a lot of points, um, I would say you know that that'll be a tough matchup for him, and the Schrader's probably going to have to pass the ball a little bit in order to win those games. But I'm, I'm kind of done counting out this rushing attack, regardless of who the opponent is. They ran the ball, even though Clemson took out Garrett Schrader, Sean Tucker had a really strong game against them, and, and they ran the ball pretty well despite the fact that Schrader didn't have a really good game. So this rushing attack is so different than what these teams face week in and week out that if you look at a team and say, well, they're vulnerable against a run, okay, but this is a little bit different, So, and they're going to be game planning specifically for that. You see a team that's very stout against the run, you say, okay, I understand that, but this is a different animal. There's not a running back in the ACC that's close to what Sean Tucker is. And the only quarterback in the ACC that's close to what Garrett Schrader is as a running back is Malik Cunningham, but he's different. He's more of the quick, fast, agile, juke guy in the open field type. Schrader is much bigger and harder to take down because of his strength and his physical nature as a runner. So, And Cunningham doesn't have that Sean Tucker type to go with him as, as a compliment. That's why I think even though those two defenses are good running defenses, if you're Syracuse, you still go into those games saying we're going to do what we do because we believe that our offense is going to be better than whatever defense comes our way. All right, get on board of the train with the legend of Patty Casey developing. I can't wait to talk about him when he wins Syracuse a game. Mike McAllister, Syracuse NSI, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for the time as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Eric Columbia, News Channel 9 is coming up next. Now, he is, as you heard Mike McAllister talking about his Eagles and the Lions game, uh, he's a Lions fan. So we're going to get a different perspective on that. A little bit more on SU basketball. That's all happening next. Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31. In about an hour, I'm going to f*** away 20 grand. What, are you going to bet on the Knicks? <laughs> is it, I'm sorry. I mean, how often? I mean, oh, man, nobody thinks that's funny. Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Eric C. on TV, on the socials, joining us on Exit 31, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Eric, uh, we were talking about it a little bit off the air, but you know what? Let's get this out of the way at first so that we can only mm-hmm. go uphill from here. Let's hear your Lions lament. What do you have to say about your Detroit football team? This thing 0-17 is like on the table now. I was pretty confident that uh, – that wouldn't be the case, that they wouldn't be the NFL's first ever 0-17 team uh, and the first ever team to have two winless seasons. But after last week's drubbing against the Eagles, who are fine, but not 44-6 to better than most teams in the NFL, uh, was really disheartening. And it was so bad that the local Syracuse Fox station switched away from the Lions game because it was so out of hand. And that just never happens. 
and that is a new low for being a Lions fan because I don't get to watch many games on TV here. I usually have to surf for some shady stream somewhere, uh, and I didn't have to do that, and it only lasted for a half of football, which was god-awful. Why are the Lions so bad? Is, is it Dan Campbell? Is it Goff? Is it GM? No, it's, ownership? it's the what roster. It? It's the, the previous regime with Quinn in there didn't have an eye for talent. And when you don't have an eye for talent and you miss on so many of your first, second, and third-round draft picks, that is just going to set a franchise back. And the Quinn era was god-awful. Whatever, That's how you know what happened with New England. Was is never been the GM, whether it's Pioli, whether it's Quinn, whether it's anybody else in charge. It is, it is just Tom and Bill. Those were the guys that had that thing rolling, and nobody else can take credit. So it, it's not it's not uh, Man Campbell. It's not it's not even Goff, who's an average quarterback at best. It's just that roster is very bad. They don't have playmakers really on any side of the ball, with the exception for Hawkinson and Swift. And when your best two playmakers are that close to the line of scrimmage uh, and not outside, it's going to be hard to be explosive at all. Eric, uh, tonight Jets Colts Thursday night football. Uh... You know, you talk about your 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 lions and and the uh, how uh, I guess futile, futile. Which which way do you say it? Futile, futile, futile. They are. Yeah, yeah. We'll big go with words futile. again. I, I'm trying, man. I'm you impressed. Know what I'm thinks, yeah. Uh, but you know, you talked about your lament for the lions. I got to say, the Jets going to be rapidly climbing the power rankings pretty soon. This team is just on the rise, and I'm kidding. It's one game, but uh, just what you, Mike White. That, I mean, he's got, he got me feeling like all sorts of ways. Like after 400 yards and his first ever start, he does something similar to that again. Who who are you starting under center? That's a uh, very for, good for point. Jets. That's no, that's a very good point. I mean, we haven't had a whole lot to celebrate as Jets fans. I know that you know. I'm obviously uh, kidding and overreacting with with some of the things, but. I mean, that's a, it's a historical start for him. So, I mean, what do you have to say about a guy coming in and doing what he did, especially for a guy who, you know, nobody's really heard about. He's been cut four times in his career. You can't expect 400 yards every time he's out, realistically. Right, of course not. But just, I mean, what do you have to say about that performance? I mean, I think, I think it's great. Uh, I mean, it, it's given fans of the Jets and people not fans of the Jets like myself, like actually interested in what happens tonight. And I desperately wanted Mike White off the waiver wire this week because uh, I'm in a two-quarterback league and was heartbroken. I was crestfallen when I didn't uh, meet those expectations of being high enough on the waiver wire. But, no, I think if you're a fan of Gang Green, you got to be pretty excited and into tonight because you never know what Carson Wentz is going to do, what kind of boneheaded mistake is going to happen with him and keep the Jets in this football game. So I think you'd have to be feeling pretty good about yourself. That, and even somebody like Michael Carter as well. He's been yeah. playing pretty well the last couple of weeks as, as well. That was my follow-up question to this, to both of you, really. Which Wentz shows up tonight? And I never like it when you're crestfallen, Eric, by the way. Um, do you have an expectation that the Jets could legitimately win this game tonight? I, I, I think I have high expectations based off the performance of Mike White. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's going to be dependent upon uh, the Colts. And, and like you said, is, is Carson Wentz going to be the person that threw that left-handed interception at the goal <laughs> line or the person who then immediately led the Colts back downfield for a touchdown to uh, tie that game and send it into overtime before – he then threw another pick in OT and lost in the game. So it's good. That roller coaster of Carson Wentz, I think, is going to play huge because I do think the uh, – and I haven't really looked at their schedule here. Let me bring it up. I, 
I think the defense has been playing uh, somewhat better considering, uh, you know, you take that 54-13 loss to New England out of the equation. They've been not getting blown out, and you thought this Jets defense was going to be uh, pretty weak uh, coming into the season, but they've seemed to leveled out. And if the offense does anything close to what they did last week, they're going to be in it because the Colts keep teams in it. Well, in the words of panic at the disco, I have high, high hopes for this one. So certainly hoping that the Jets can get it done and string together a couple of wins here and that it wasn't a total outlier game. But uh, let's shift over to the hardwood and Syracuse basketball exhibition season is done. Regular season less than a week away now. Just what were your impressions of the team through the first two exhibition games? And, and what do you think uh, they're, they're doing well so far as they get ready to, to start games for real? I think you guys have talked to me long enough now where like I don't care really about anything exhibition-wise, uh, right? Because yeah. we, we've been fooled. I remember uh, back in uh, 2015, you had some guys coming off the bench for Syracuse, uh, who we thought were going to be really good, and they were excellent in the exhibition, and then they were never to be seen again throughout the rest of the season. So I don't get too high nor too low. I think you uh, should be encouraged with the amount of guys who are able to hit open shots uh, for Syracuse. Not that that's a surprise, because we all feel like Syracuse is going to be one of the best shooting teams in the country. I think it's all going to be about defense and SU isn't going to get a true sense of how well they are defensively until Thanksgiving time when they're in the Bahamas, which by the way, like sign me up for that trip. Like I want to go to the Bahamas every Thanksgiving. <laughs> they're not going to send you to cover that. I think uh, right that off as a no, trip. I'm the low man on the totem pole here. So no, I don't get any of those. And no travel fancy trips, no travel expense uh, paid for, for Eric no. with a K Columbia, Eric C on TV, of course, with news channel. And he's joining us. X 31 ESPN radio and Q sports talk.com. Don't forget localsyr.com. That's exactly right. Thank you for the shameless plug. Uh, Let's talk about the rebounding aspect of it, though. You're playing, and I know you don't put much stock in exhibition games, but this is two D2 opponents, and it was underwhelming. They know that. Jim has addressed that. They have to be better, but you just brought up, hey, we're getting into a schedule that it's not... It's not opening up with a lot of cupcakes like normal. So is that a concern? Clearly, the positive is, hey, they're sharing the ball. Uh, even more so than you normally see with Syracuse, but yet rebounding is an issue, and we know, well, what that did to us last year. Just just in recent memory, Pitt, North Carolina, et cetera, last year. So is that going to get better? It, I mean, I think if you're going based on past results, then no. I mean, Syracuse hasn't been a great rebounding team over the last handful of years, and it hasn't got better, whether that's because of the zone or whether that's just because some of the guys in the zone don't necessarily know how to rebound well out of that scheme, that is up for debate. But I, I, while you do want to win the rebound battle and you do want to be able to limit team second chances, uh, it hasn't hurt them in crunch time situations. It obviously has hurt them in conference play, but the zone and their rebounding effort has seemingly got better once it's gone to uh, tourney time. So I don't think it's going to be the end-all, be-all for Syracuse. But, yeah, it's a, it's a level of concern. It's an element of their game that they need to improve if they want to take that next step, if they want to get off the bubble. Then, yeah, I think the, the rebounding is definitely going to have to improve. Talking to Eric Columbia here on Exit 31 and ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com, of course. Uh, last question for you today. Let's uh, switch to baseball. It's really a two-parter. I want to know if you're in favor of what well, Pete is suggesting you change the name of the bullpen to the arm barn 
And the uh, what were your main takeaways from the Braves winning the World Series? Uh, Braves winning the World Series, I think it uh, was good for the like the symbolism. I think I saw something uh, out of out of Twitter the other day where 88 games in, they are 44 and 44, and 44 just happens to be Hank Aaron's number, and then they go on this run. Uh, so uh, that was cool. I think it's 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 cool for teams that aren't uh, necessarily big payroll spending teams to be able to watch a, a team like the Braves to be able to assemble something together, especially when you have a guy like Acuna uh, not in the lineup for most of this year, uh, and then they still win without their best player. It gives hopes to the uh, the little guy. Uh, the arm barn, uh, people are dumb, man. <laughs> you don't think that's a cool name? Like, that, this is this is what this is what we're wasting our time on, like yeah. thinking about whether we should call the bullpen an arm barn. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me tell you something though. I don't hope it replaces the term bullpen, but ever so often, I'm I'm going to refer to it as the arm barn. I actually kind of like that name. A supplemental description. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, do not remain crestfallen, and thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Thursday about 3.15. Eric, thanks, as always, for the time. Peace. Eric Columbia, News Channel 9, local SYR. This is Exit 31, ESPN, Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We'll be joined next on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line by Matthew Gutierrez of The Athletic. This is Exit 31. And what a beautiful day for the sport of kings, of which I am a huge fan. Seriously, I'm just a fan. I was on my way to my seat. The door was open. Hey, what are you doing? No. Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. During the break at QSportsTalk.com, excuse me, Excuse me. Um, Matthew Gutierrez of The Athletic was asked about the transition from covering Syracuse basketball into more of a role covering the NFL now. Uh, So go figure. The first question I'm going to ask is going to have to be about Syracuse basketball because I know as an alum and having covered the team, you're paying attention. So what are your main takeaways, say, on Benny or the legend of Patty Casey or the rebounding issue and this team in general as the regular season gets started soon against Lafayette? Hey, yeah, thanks for, for having me. Didn't catch uh, either of the exhibitions, but just having uh, read about some of it um, and caught, I did catch some highlights, which, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to YouTube, that's kind of the cheat code now. If you, if you miss a game, you can do it real quick uh, anywhere, right, when you're online at Starbucks or, that's or right. whatever. So that's a, that's a good way to, to get up to speed on sports quickly. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Benny is super impressive. I think there's just – it's been said before, but a lot of upside there with him. He's, he's going to be a tremendous um, uh, player this year, and I think next year he is what year he'll really blossom. Got a little O'Shea Brissett as far as growth and athleticism in him. O'Shea could really jump. Benny can as well. A lot of power um, there with him. You know, it's been said a million times. This is going to be a shooting team, no doubt about that. Will be interesting to see, especially when they go down to Atlantis in a couple weeks, and then. Uh, the game versus Nova at the Garden, which is an exciting venue versus a really good team, to see how they fare in those games uh, in the rebounding, uh, specifically, as you kind of alluded to at the top there. That'll probably be the thing that if they can keep that under control, they don't necessarily have to out-rebound teams, but just keep that uh, under control. I think they'll be in a in a much better spot, obviously, easier said than done, but it'll be interesting to see what guys can can pick up some boards, whether it's couple here and there from the guards or if it's just going to have to be, you know, Jesse, uh, you know, being tremendous inside, which is certainly a possibility. What are you expecting to see from uh, from Buddy Bayheim this year? Obviously, he's getting a lot of preseason accolades. 
Uh, you know, are you expecting him to live up to the hype this year, take that next step, and really become one of the premier players in college? Or, you know, what are you, what are you expecting to see from him? Yeah, I mean, definitely continued, continued growth. He's certainly gotten better each year he's been at Syracuse, right? He, he got over that initial freshman year um, hump roadblock early on, really started to, to gain some confidence late in his first year. I think second year, uh, the stroke really took off, and, and he proved he's one of the the better shooters Syracuse has, has had, at least you know in the recent time. Uh, right up there with some some great shooters uh, that the programs had, especially in the last you know ten to fifteen years as three point as the three point shot um, has taken on um, you know a life of its own almost, right? With threes and layups and dunks being the the, the most popular shot in college in the NBA. So I think that was the sophomore jump, and then. You know, last year, especially late in the year, overcomes um, uh, just a wacky season with stops and starts, and he he obviously had COVID himself, so hard to judge him last year on the regular season. Uh, but down the stretch, obviously the player he was, I think it wouldn't be fair to accept that from you know to expect that from him every game or, or even consistently uh, this whole season. But if he can be uh, you know that player in in spurts this season that'll really help this team. He's, you know, he's going to get the best defender every game, no doubt. And so even if he's not scoring 20, 25 a game, he's going to draw a ton of defensive attention and that should open things up for other guys, whether it's inside or, or other guys on the perimeter. Matthew Gutierrez, who I'm assuming is at a Starbucks having a coffee right now. Hmm. Uh, he's with the athletic exit 31 ESPN radio Q sports You're covering the NFL now. So let's, uh, let's jump into that pool, so to speak. The Aaron Rodgers situation, he's COVID positive now, he's unvaccinated, he basically lied about his status, and now Green Bay is dealing with a fallout. Uh, what can you tell us about that situation? Yeah, I mean, you know, without getting into the, the vaccine debate, uh, just, I guess, you know, the lying part is, or the misleading part, however you want to approach it, is is what is probably most damaging and what might end up costing him and the Packers um, here. So just to keep it focused on that, at least from my end. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing is this is... Um, you know, some, as we talked talked about, like really all summer long, right? The teams that were uh, at a hundred percent vax rate or ninety five percent, you know, usually that came from the top down. Leadership said, "Look, guys, this is this is a competitive advantage, right? If you guys are all vaccinated, we can uh, show up every game, show up to every practice, have our, our healthiest team out there, and that gives us a better chance to win, uh, make a run, and and you know, there's incentive to that. Not only do these guys want to win, but they get um, you know monetary incentives right when the team goes in the playoffs and goes far so obviously it's in it for everybody um from both a health sense and a financial sense and just a uh, an overall society sense for i think a lot of these players to to get back and so with with aaron now putting green bay in a really tough spot uh just a few days before um a pretty big game he he is now you know green bay is going to have to alter certainly their offensive approach uh in this game and it, and it puts you know, a QB now who has hardly played this year in a really tough spot with only a few days to prepare. So, um, however you look at the, the vaccine issue, the, the fact that he uh, misled the public is probably the most troubling thing here. Matthew Gutierrez with The Athletic joining us here on Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Uh, Matthew, what's your read on the OBJ situation in Cleveland? Obviously, his father putting out the video, Baker Mayfield answering questions about that today, saying, I'm not hurt, just surprised. Uh, I mean, can, can you envision Odell Beckham Jr. suiting up for the Browns ever again, or is it time to move on? 
Yeah, I don't see it happening. It's kind of what our, you know, I'll defer to our, our Browns writer. Um, you know, he had said yesterday, I think, that, you know, it's just unlikely that he ever plays for the Browns again. Uh, just a just a bizarre situation. Uh, you know, feelings will probably hurt in, in a number of places here. Uh, whether Baker, you know, said that or not, I think anyone's going to, going to take that a little bit to heart, at least a little bit. Um, that's a star player coming out with a really strong uh, or a strong, you know, uh, video statement, if you will. So um, don't think he, he plays again for, for Cleveland, you know, did think Mayfield handled it, handled it really well in the, in the press conference, basically saying, you know, he'd totally be open to chatting with OBJ, you know, not necessarily with an apology, but accepting an apology, but just chatting with him about it, making sure they're on the same page, um, but no doubt, I think, you know, as, he, as Baker even said, right, this is frustration probably boiled over, right? Two, two guys that have dealt with uh, shoulder injuries this season. They haven't been themselves. The Browns, I think they're four and four, right? The Browns pass offenses has not been near the talent level on the field. They've had a pretty good rushing game. That's kind of kept them, kept them at 500. Um, but I think that's what you're seeing here, right? This is a lot of frustration, uh, being carried over now into, uh, you know, a couple couple instances here and then this dramatic um, feud that has transpired this week. We are up against the clock. Uh, the clock manager is telling us we got to take a break, so we'll do that. And I will thank Matthew Gutierrez, as always. He's with The Athletic, and we always appreciate his contributions. Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Let's come back with the last thing that we'll say today. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Here's the last thing we'll say today. On Friday, it's the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, they play their games on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1. In the Utica Roll Market, if you're listening to us at 96.5 FM, those games, uh, comments games are over on K-Rock on our brother station down there. Uh, but the added, uh, I guess, the addition to this the second of 12 for the Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup is Alex Holtz has been recalled by the New Jersey Devils. Five goals in four games will get that done. Uh, can't wait for that. Uh, the rivalry, the three-way throwdown to get renewed. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, big game tomorrow. Three and three for the for the Comets. So uh, I, I know you got something to say about that quick. Well, three and three, is, it's definitely really tough. I actually was at Comets practice this morning talking with head coach Kevin Deneen. Um, you know, he says he, he he likes what the team's brought so far. There's a good combination of, of veteran leadership and young players. And then he spoke about, we talked about the, the crunch and just the rivalry. They got their first taste of it last week. And, you know, he said the, the crunch, bring it. They I mean, do. they're they're right up on you from the opening faceoff. So when their last two. Yeah. And so, you know, he said it, it should be a really exciting game. And it's always fun when those two teams get together. And in staying with hockey real quick, uh, of course, the trade, the Sabres trade Jack Eichel and a third-round pick in 2023 to the Golden Knights. In return, Peyton Krebs, a first in 2022, a third in 2023, and Syracuse-area native Alex Tuck. Crazy that uh, two key players in this are coming back from injury, but that deal has finally been done. And as a result, Dan Duva, former Crunch broadcaster and now obviously a voice with the Golden Knights, will be on the block with Brent Axe at 5 o'clock today. He's up and on it at 4 o'clock. I'm sure he's going to remind you. Now, the last thing we'll say today, though, is is about your Jets. And I'm going to let you close this out with this. Spencer, I think they're going to win tonight. That That's what I'm going to say. I know we need Kate Calloway's Thursday Night Football Prediction Glue Guy. Yeah, I had to add her on Twitter. And you put that on Twitter, so we'll see. She's usually spot on with these predictions. But what about you? 
I, I feel good about it. I, I am a little nervous because as a Jets fan, I've been conditioned to know that a good things won't last too long for them. But I'm really hoping to see something from Mike White, a little bit of consistency to, to know that they have a viable option. You know, if Zach Wilson is out long term or if he's ever out long term that and, and, and we just need something to be able to celebrate and look forward. What is a reasonable expectation for Mike White tonight? You can't expect, like I said a few minutes ago, you can't expect a 400-yard performance every game. That's not realistic. But what reasonably does he have to do for them to beat the Colts tonight? Well, I think if he can get to around 200, 250 yards, maybe one or two touchdowns, I think uh, as long as the Jets win and, and he puts up those numbers, it'll be a serviceable game. It'll you know That'll be a positive. If he comes out and throws you know three picks, no touchdowns, and only throws for 67 passing yards, I mean, that that's going to completely take away from everything that happened on Sunday. I'm just hoping for a solid game just to show some sort of consistency that Sunday wasn't a total fluke and that this guy can actually play and step up. So I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to see maybe like two touchdown passes from him. But if he gets 250 and one touchdown, I'd be okay. You know what? A two-game winning streak wouldn't suck for the Jets. You're on the block with Brent X in just a couple minutes. Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Have a great rest of your night. See you soon.